Yesterday was number 121, today is 122. We, uh, Mir Hashem, finished the Mesakta today. And uh, we'll start off with uh, the third line down on Daf Kuf Chaf Aleph 121. Uh, we have the mind before Shlema for Adas Bas Ranya, Yudas Basara, Rachalei Basara, Yaakov Pinchas Ben Chayita, and David Michal Ben Dvora, and Yosef Ben Mina. Yosef Ben Mina, and Amy Bas Dvora. Okay. And all else who need it. And uh, we're starting at Rabbi Yuda. So uh, remember, Rabbi Yuda said that uh, all three, that, uh, that this idea that you need to identify the body within three days of the death, that is not uh, necessarily uh, always the case. There's uh, factors that, that play a role. Location, body type, um, uh, time, all those things uh, have uh, play a role. So the Shaila that the Gemara wants to know is that Rabbi Yudav and Baba mean to expand the time, that if the conditions are right, it could be even beyond uh, 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 three days, that you could still recognize the body? Or does he mean to say, well, three days is, even on the most ideal conditions, that's the, that's the limit. Um, but uh, in less than ideal conditions, it can be even less than three days that it'll be already too difficult to recognize the body. Who it is, so this is the Shilas. So, the, so um, uh, we tried to bring a proof. We brought two stories. The story was uh, of the drownings. When drowning, they took they fished out the body three days later, and Rav Dimi Marda allowed the wife to marry on the basis of the IDing identification of the body. And another case where in the in the Tigris River somebody drowned, and uh, they brought him up on the bridge. And uh, Rava allowed the wife to get married on the basis of the groomsmen who were able to identify the body, and that was already after five days in the water. So if you say that he's saying Lukulos, they could be poskiting like Rabbi Yudav and Bava, but if they're saying that it's going like Lechumra, uh, so then there's nobody who's saying that you can identify later. So the Gemara explains that it doesn't really answer. It could be that this is a different kind of circumstance. That's because once the body is underwater, uh, that can preserve the, the shape and uh, ability to identify the body. Um, uh, didn't we learn that water makes wounds worse? That's true. It does make wounds worse, but it doesn't... Um, but it does not... Um, uh, it, although it does make the wounds worse, it doesn't... Uh, it, it, when there is no wound, it, it actually preserves the shape of the body and it doesn't... Uh, you know, and therefore, it, it would still be able to recognize who, the, who, who this is. However... Um, uh, there's a major caveat to that, and that is only when uh, from they were able to identify a body right away after they took it out of the water. Uh, but if they're not there, and then you leave it for a while, the body starts blow, uh, blowing up, basically, and then it completely distorts the features and not be able to identify who the person is. Um, it sounds like if we were in the mountains and it was ice cold and they were frozen and that would yeah, work as well that would that would also probably them. be the same similar circumstance anyway bottom line is it doesn't really it doesn't really there's definitely certain all we do see from there is that there are circumstances where the bodies are uh, exceptional circumstances where the body can be preserved in the right shape and uh, um, even beyond the three day line got it all right, so uh, if somebody fell into the water, so we described two, two bodies of water. There's a body of water where 
you can see the shoreline on all directions, um, like a lake or something like that, and then you have a body of water where you cannot see the shoreline in all the directions. So in both, according to um, the Tanakama, in both cases, uh, uh, that's not, we, we can't, that we cannot know for a fact that the person is um, dead for sure, basically. Our mayor said there was a fellow that, uh, and he, to augment that, a fellow that was, fell into a cistern and came up three days later. So it just, it just goes to show that um, as, as much as you would think that the, the person is surely dead, it, we, it's not always the case. Um, Rabiosi says there was a story about a blind man that uh, went to go to Mikvah in a cave when somebody was leading him. They both disappeared and they waited a long enough time for them to die. And they married, they allowed the wives to marry. Mm-hmm. Another story goes with uh, Asya, there was a place where they lowered a person into the water with a rope, and um, I don't know, he was going diving, and they would pull him back with the rope, uh, and when they pulled back, they, uh, they found just, their, just this man's leg, and the Chacham said that if it was below the knee, we cannot say for sure whether he's alive or dead. If it's, if it's, if it's above the knee that you got, I meaning you got the whole leg, basically, so then he's, that's enough to testify that he's dead. But the point being is, um, uh, well, what we see is is that uh, basically, the that's the the question. Okay, so it sounds like basically that uh, in any water there's a lot of doubt, and we can't know for sure the person's dead. Okay, so um, we did see that uh, our mission is really going like Rameyer, who says that it doesn't matter whether there's a shore or not, but according to the Chumim, it does matter, and if there's a shore, so then at least you could identify if the body came up anywhere. Because you could see the shoreline all around, and if you don't, so then and you don't see him come up, then you know he's down in the water, and he can't live in the water; and must be dead. Um, and therefore, the wife will be permitted, and that is the that is the basic opinion. That's the Rab Chacham's opinion. That's the Psak Halacha. Now, Bai says uh, definition is that you can again see it all four directions. Fellow drowned in a in a in a river and body of water. It's called the the red. I mean, not a river, a red pond, whatever lake. And uh, Rav Shiloh allowed the wife to marry. And uh, Ra, um, uh, Rav said to Shmuel, that's, that's incorrect ruling. Um, we should put him in harem for that ruling. So Shmuel says, you know what, let's not jump to conclusions. Let's send him the message originally first and see, see what his reasoning was. So they first sent him the Shailah, what's Allah of Mayim Sha'in himself? So they said, he said, well, of course, the woman's going to be forbidden. You can't permit him to, her to marry. Well, uh, what is this? Uh, how big is this body of water? Is it yesh uh, lemsof or in lemsof? So it's in lemsof, meaning it's a very large body of water. So why did you permit her to marry? So he says. He, so he said, indeed, I made a mistake. My reasoning was this. I said, since the, this is a very calm, it's a lake. It's not. It's not. It's not. It doesn't have the waves. So I would. I thought to compare it to as if it does have a, a lead because. Part of the difficulty in spotting the body is because the waves, you know, you know, block your view, um, and you won't be able to see the body uh, that he's alive. You know, his head is bobbing up on on somewhere. Um, but uh, but uh, that my mistake was is that even lakes have a little bit of waves, and therefore, um, and therefore, it was an error that I ruled that that she should be allowed to marry. Well. Um, Again, based on his explanation, he definitely did not deserve to be put in Kerem. 
so Shmuel um, said to Rav that you see Hashem protects the tzaddik even though you wanted to put him in cherem you know, it worked out that you didn't put him in cherem you know, unlawfully um, and Rav said to Shmuel that you know nothing like sal- salvation comes to those who ask advice properly so he was very happy that he asked the advice of Shmuel to look into it before jumping to conclusions alright um, we brought down um, Rebbe said a story about two people that were um, fishing in the Jordan River and one of them went into like a grotto under underwater cave uh, where there was you know pools of, there was like a schools of fish and uh, then the sun set and he couldn't find his way out um, without the light you know showing where the exit is okay um, it was pitch black so he, he didn't know which way to go you can't, you can't you, so he's stuck uh, the guy uh, waited uh, long enough that a person couldn't live and uh, and basically, um, so he came, informed the family. The family was uh, completely distraught. For and night? They thought he was dead. What? Yeah, overnight. Okay. So, but of course, the guy, as soon as it was sunlight, he was able to find his way out. And uh, he came home and he walked in on, on, on the eulogies. It was uh, for him. Um, uh, so the Rebbe said, wow, you see how great the words of the Chacham are. That if it's a Mayim Sheyeshlem Sof, then she's permitted. But if it's Eilem Sof, then she's forbidden. Because look, this guy was able to survive this. And the idea is, is that these underwater caves, um, where the fish, where we were able, they were going fishing there, um, they have air pockets yeah. that he was able to survive. Um, um, uh, for, where the rice is. No, but... No, but well, no, I didn't rise off the top of the grotto. Okay. Right, so there's the there's opening... There's air inside. The opening is... Uh, is 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 lower down than the inside, and the inside you could actually breathe. You go up to the top, and he was able to survive. He just couldn't find his way out because it was dark. Yes, there's a small opening, and he has to wait till the light shines in from there. Then he knows how to find out. Well, so the, uh, the so, woman was in a hurry by doing eulogies huh? by the next morning. Yeah, no. The wife was in a hurry. No, she didn't get married. It was just the eulogies. They were sad that he's dead. dead or crying, yeah. <laughs> the interesting for him is his Levi. He was plucked from film until after Levi. You know that on yourself. So the Gemara says, um, if we're worried about these potential caves, under, underwater caves, so then uh, why, why would that be also, even if you have, even if you could see the shore on all sides? So the answer is, is that a small body of water like that, it's very rare to have something like this. Only on a very large body of water are those things more prevalent. So Rav Ashi says, the rabbi said that Maim Shem Lam Sof, wife is forbidden. That's only if the person is just a regular person, not a very important person. But if he's a very important person, a big, a famous rabbi. So then, if he would come up, then you would know about it. Okay, wherever he comes up, you know, word, word is out there that there's this great rabbi out there. Um, and the Gemara says that's not a reliable thing, um, and it's not true. So, um, uh, and the only way we would allow is Bidyevet. If she got married, we would let her stay married because we don't have, we can't say that she's not allowed to get married, but she's not allowed to remain married. But we would, if from the outset, we wouldn't let her marry until we have better proof. So the bride so brought down, Rabbi Gamliel says, one time I was traveling on a ship and I saw a ship that was, that was breaking at sea and I was really worried about the scholar that was there. 
and it was Rabbi Akiva who was on the ship. And I came to the dry land. Sure enough, he came and he made it and he survived. And I asked him, how'd you make it out from that uh, disaster? I saw the ship going under. So he said, I found a board from the ship and I held on to it. And any, every wave that came, I bowed my head from the wave and let the wave wash over me instead of fighting the wave. And that's how I made it. Um, and the Chacham say, we learned from this a very, a very a valuable lesson. And when you have uh, uh, Rishayim, bad people coming at you, um, instead of sometimes better than fighting them headstrong, you just, you know, put your head down, let them wash over you, let, you know, and don't, uh, you know, and survive for another day. And uh, that, that's, uh, that's just a valuable survival skill. Um, and that was where uh, Rabbi Gamliel said, I saw how great the words of the Chacham are, is that if it's Mayim Sheyesh Lamsof, then permitted, but Mayim Sheyesh Lamsof, look, he was able to survive, even though as far as he could see, you know, the, there was no way he, he survived that. Um, the same exact story happened with Rabbi Kiva and uh, his student, okay, uh, that he, Rabbi Kiva was out on a ship, and he saw another ship going under, and uh, he asked, and he was very worried about his student that was on that other ship, and that was namely Rabbi Meir. And when he came to the town, the country of Kampotkaya, that's where, sure enough, he met Rabbi Meir there. And Rabbi Meir was teaching Torah. And he's like, how'd you get out of that? I saw the ship going down. So he says, there was a, a, every wave that came, picked me up and carried me to the other wave. And from one wave to another, till they spit me up on the sea, on the, dry, on the dry land. Can what? we hear the locals? Yes. That would uh, need a... Is trying to survive in any case? Who? We saw two cases of surviving. Right. Yeah. We so saw. We, can we deduce? Deduce, <laughs> not the rest. Yeah, fine. Thank you. Can we deduce that Amida, that, that maybe Amida to try to survive in this? Oh, are you kidding? Of course, it's a yeah, person supposed to survive. Was better. Yeah, survival yeah, it's better to survive. Don't, don't, uh, don't give up. Yeah, of course. There's a rabbi who, who is known as the surfing rabbi, and he brings this Gemara as a source that these rabbis knew how to surf. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's his stuff, right? That was his that's right. That's, down, a, that's what he took from this. Surfing is a rabbinic thing. It's not a, it's not a novel. It's, it's rabbi. rabbi Shapiro in uh, Santa Teresa, Costa Rica. Oh, uh, yeah? Costa yeah, Rica, yeah. yeah. I think there's multiple rabbis. Multiple, rabbi. multiple, multiple surfing rabbis. Surfing, the, so that's their name, the surfing rabbi. Anyway. So that's the story. Anyway, so that's the greatness of the Chacham. Words of Chamim, Maim Sheyesh Lamsof, a wife would be permitted, but in Lamsof, it's forbidden. Next, we saw what, what if a person, not water, but a person falls into a, a lion's den. Um, that's not enough to testify that he's definitely dead. The lions maybe aren't hungry that day, so it doesn't prove that he's dead. But if he falls into a snake pit or a scorpion pit, Ooh. then you can testify that he's dead. Argues and it says even there, maybe he's not dead because uh, it's possible that he knows the language of the snake, the snakes, then, uh, and that's uh, what? Yeah, Yosef survived. Yeah, there you go. Yosef survived in a snake pit, um, and that is the and that's uh, that's why it's not really conclusive. Um, um, anyway, um, the Tankama feels that you're right, but once you fall in, so the startling of the snakes, they attack right away. They're not, uh, they're not waiting for you to charm them. Okay. Um, all right, so there you go. Um, the next thing we saw falling into a, a furnace, basically that's for sure dead. A vat filled with wine or oil is also for sure dead. Um, 
Um, and those were, it sounds like they were cooking them, so I don't know. Anyway, oils for sure dead. The Gemara Ravacha says oil is different than wine. Um, Chum disagrees. They know both of them. Dead is dead. Okay. Story goes of somebody fell into a, 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 a cistern and survived um, even after three days. So the question is, what is it? The, so the, the rabbis felt that that's not something that's relevant to us because that was what we call mycenesim. It's miraculous. So miraculous, the, uh, the fact that, you know, oh, well, uh, didn't Avram survive a Kivshanesh when he was thrown into a fiery furnace? So uh, maybe he's not dead. That, that's mycenesim. Mycenesim we don't bring in as uh, relevant. Yeah, it's, uh, we, we assume that natural order thing is going to happen. Okay. So uh, what was, why would do the Chacham feel that that was a miraculous case, the three days? If it's because he didn't eat and drink for three days, well, that's, not, that's not that crazy. Um... Uh, that's people did it. I mean, the the fast of Esther in Esther's time, she had everybody fast for three days, three nights, um, and no eating, no drinking, and um, and they all managed to live. Okay, so, um, so uh, Rabbi Yochanan says that um, if a person makes a shvur that I won't uh, sleep for uh, three days, um, so uh, that's the problem. He can't, they, there's no op- option to sleep because sleeping three days is is an impossibility to not sleep for three days. So the so mayor says, well, he could sleep because there's a little ledge over there, and he could actually sleep in a cistern. Chum said, no, 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 it's it's very smooth surface, and you can't sleep. Nevertheless, even Rabbi Mayer's opinion is is that some ability to to put his head down and and get get a little dozing off is always possible, and therefore that's why it's not an impossibility and it's not miraculous. Um, next thing we brought down is the story of the daughter of the Nechunya, Chofer Shichin. She fell into a big cistern, and they, uh, they asked Rabbi Kalina Mendoza to pray for her. She said, said she's fine. First hour, second hour, she's still fine. Third hour, where you, how could you, you know, like, and he said, she's out. Um, so they asked her, how'd you get out? They said there was this ram that came and an elderly man leading the ram and, and it held me out. Um, so they asked Rabkhlein Vidosa, how did you know? So he says, it couldn't be that this Nechunya made his life's work to help people by providing these wells and his daughter's going to die that way. Um, it doesn't, it can't be. Now the truth is, even so, um, he did uh, lose a child um, from, you know, his, uh, not, not in such a way, but uh, his, his child died of thirst. Um, and uh, that's because God is extra stringent to those people that are very close to them. So that God is more midaktik, he's midaktik, like a hair's breadth, very, very strict for those that, he, that are close to him. All right, brings us to the next Mishnah. So uh, if you hear women talking, saying, oh, so-and-so died, that's already, this person can come and provide that information as knowledge that this person's dead. Review this says, even if you hear children talking, say we're coming for, or we're going to the eulogy and the burial of of, of so and so, and uh, you can trust. Now, trusting is regardless of whether they intend to testify or they're or they're saying it and not without any intentions, just saying it as a matter of fact. Um, but Rebutim and Baba says that's true by Jews, but by Gentiles, when they intentionally say so, then that's not a valid uh, testimony. It's very interesting. Um, when it was, there was a, a 9-11 uh, story that happened here in Houston. There was a trading desk and, they, and they, every conversation is completely recorded. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, they provided um, a recording. Somebody, the rabbis were trying to find out whether this person was definitely in the building at that moment. When was the last call that he made, um, you know, for a trade? And they have it all recorded. And the guy who gave the recording said, said, um, hopefully this will help you, you know, to free. <laughs> he understood what it was for. Yeah. And that made it all kinds of questionable. Because yeah. it was for the sake of, help, you know, to, to help free the woman. He understood what Man, it was for. The Gentile owner of this company yeah he was an owner the person who was in charge who was providing the information of the trade the recording of the trade um, that happened at that moment he knew what it was for and that's when and now it became questionable whether you could just rely on it or not anyway he went into the question I thought it was fascinating but that's based on this Mishnah all right. So the question is, uh, is that they, how you could rely on these kids? They said they're going there. Who says they went even? And maybe, maybe they got the information wrong. They, you know, they read the memo wrong. So review this Sunday Mishmol talking about that they came from the the eulogy. So the Gemara says still kids are are talking kids languages. They talk about a play or something, uh, you know, like a cricket that they named the same name as uh, someone they knew. The guy never died. So the Gemara says, no, they gave more, more details. They said, the, these rabbis that, the, at the, that gave the speeches, this, you know, there was this and this, you know, eulogizers, whatever. The point being is, is that that's how they, um, they, they, when you can provide that kind of detail, you just can tell that they're talking about a reality. Okay. By a gentle, we said when it's intentional, then it's not trusted anymore. And the question is, what does it mean intentional? So, uh, review the same name of Shmuel, what it means intentional is that it's intending to permit her to marry. If that's what his goal is, so then we can no longer trust it. Uh, but if he's just coming to testify, but not what, 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 not what to do with that testimony, so then that's okay. Uh, um, how do you know which way is which? How do you know what his intent is? So the answer is that if he comes to court and he says so-and-so died, and you, she, therefore his wife is free to marry, that's clearly with the intent of free. If he just says he died, and so it doesn't give any explanations past that, then that's called Neskabin Le'edus, and Neskabin Le'edus is trusted. Now, uh, Rish Lakish says the same thing, um, uh, but uh, Rabbi Yochanan disagreed. He said, doesn't this story go with uh, Oshia Berebi? That uh, he said that it was permitted, there was 85 elders there, and they told him, not true. If it was Niskaven Lahayid Edusa, he said, he said, if it's Niskaven Lahayid, it's Edusa Edus, it's okay. But they disagreed. They, they said any intentional testimony that's not just said in a matter of fact way is problematic. Um, and um, the, and, and uh, so oh, the only way is if it's Messiah Levitumo, if he's just he's not, not coming into a court, whenever he's coming to a court, we question what he's saying. But if he's just telling a story of events that happened, so then that's reliable. And then we give a few examples. He say, he comes in and he says, who's from the house of Chivoy? Chivoy's dead. That was reliable. Rav Yosef allowed that. Um, 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 another case is that uh, this Parsha's Riza, who's in Pumbadisa, he died. Um, and Rav Yosef says, that's good enough. He's just, uh, he's just uh, saying it as though, oh, I feel so bad for so-and-so who died. Uh, that was reliable. Chasab died again. Um, a, he relied on that as well, and um, 
And what happened with, but, but he said that Chassid drowned. And the problem is drowning, of course, we don't, that's not a reliable thing in general, depending on the body of water. Um, so Ibn Nachman says, the fish ate Chasa. And uh, once that happens, so the wife says, oh, if, if Rav Nachman said the fish ate chasa, he's dead. So therefore, um, um, he, she went ahead and got married. And um, he didn't say anything. And uh, what you see is, is that, that, uh, that maybe because chasa was such a special, well-known individual, maybe that's why, um, had he made it out, they would have, and that information would have come out. But that's not the case. The case is, is that, that once she got married, we let her remain married. And that was the reason why it was accepted. And that's where we left off yesterday. And we'll take it from here.